Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning Parareality Radio. My name is Sandman, and I'm going to be your host for the next two hours. Good evening, everybody, and thanks for tuning in tonight. Well, obviously, if you're a regular listener of this show, you will know that I have been missing. I've been MIA for the last couple of months. was supposed to do a July and an August show, and... Um, haven't heard from me for from a couple of months, and I uh, feel that um, I owe you an explanation for what's been going on with my with my absence. Um, I, uh, you know, I go into the studio to do the record this uh, this podcast, and uh, the computer in the Pair Reality Radio studio has uh, crashed, so to speak. I'm having all kinds of problems with it, and. Um, I haven't been able to use it properly. It um, functions only uh, part of the time. It only does uh, certain things, and uh, being able to record the show is not one of those things that it's able to do right now. So I'm trying to get it fixed, and um, I haven't been able to log on to the um, Internet and... uh, do a show. Now, um, obviously, that is not the only computer that I have. Um, I could have, uh, I guess, used my tablet or, or um, my my laptop at home and uh, logged on to the internet and, and updated used of what's been going on with Facebook on, on Facebook and, and and on the website and everything. But uh, I have not done that, and uh, I, I just. Um, I got so frustrated with what's been going on at the uh, the studio, and then I've I've had some some things going on here in my personal life that normally wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but uh, that compounded with what's been going on at the studio. I just kind of said uh, "f it" and just have not done anything for basically almost the entire summer. Um, I did a June show. Uh, didn't do a July or an August show, so uh, I kind of just uh, threw my hands up in the air and said, "Screw all this! I got too much going on," and uh, I just uh, I've been focusing on taking a break. So um, I have to apologize to all the Sand fans out there for well, just basically disappearing and not doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, so I've been thinking about. You know, God, I'm two episodes behind now, and it's coming up on September, and I'm supposed to be doing a September show, and i got to figure out what the hell is going on, what I'm doing here. So I decided to finally just uh, just get out of my funk that I've been in basically all summer and uh, come back and start doing the show again. So I apologize to everyone for um, basically just disappearing and uh, not letting anyone know what the hell has been going on with me. And uh, I just, like I said, just kind of got in a little frustrated funk there and decided to just, I, I just needed to just not try to do anything with the show for, for a little bit just to get rid of my, uh, my try to try to just think about something else. So, uh, that's kind of what I've been doing this summer is I've been concentrating on other things and taking care of some other business. But uh, uh, I, I have figured out a way that I can at least temporarily um, 
do the show. Um, as you all know, I, I have a, a, a little side project that I do um, from time to time. There's no regular schedule. It's called Set It Off, and uh, it has nothing to do with the paranormal. It's just a 30-minute little uh, podcast that I do about uh, uh, things that just kind of, you know, um, piss me off, so to speak. Uh, so uh, I, I do that podcast uh, from my home using my, my laptop computer. So uh, <clears throat> I have uh, taken everything that I need to do my uh, normal show here at Periality Radio, taken everything and managed to be able to transfer it from the studio computer to my laptop. Actually, I put it on a, a, a jump drive and was able able to uh, get what I needed, and I have a temporary studio set up here in my home, so I am actually now broadcasting uh, this episode of Pair Reality Radio from my home, sitting in my dining room table. Um, so th- the acoustics in here aren't the best. There may be a little bit of an echo because it's not set up like I have things in the studio for you know, uh, sound absorption and things of that nature. So there may be a little bit of an echo. You may be able to maybe sound like I'm talking in some sort of a barrel or something like that. I don't know. Um, I'll check out the audio quality of what's going on after I get finished with this podcast. But I, like I said, I, I, I have done this uh, from home a, a few times. And uh, when I do my uh, set it off show, and the sound quality doesn't, it's not really all that bad. So um, here I am. In the temporary home of Pair Reality Radio, on my laptop, in my dining room at my home, bringing you this episode of Pair Reality Radio. So, uh, what is this episode? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Tonight is the second episode of my summer series on Southern Cryptids. In this episode, I'm going to be taking a look into the Pope Lick Monster in the Louisville, Kentucky area. Now, this thing is said to be a half-man, half-goat, or maybe just some kind of demon. The Pope Lick Monster inhabits a railroad trestle in Floyd's Floyd's Creek, Kentucky, which is um, somewhere around outside the, close to the Louisville, Kentucky area. So, is this thing real? Or is it just a product of our overactive imaginations? Well, tonight, hopefully, I'm going to shed some light on that very topic. And hopefully you can make up your own mind as to what you think the Popelik monster really is. But first of all, before I begin, as always, let me tell you how you can get in contact with me here at the show. Because there are several different ways that you can go about doing it. First of all. You can email me, sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. I'm also available on Facebook. Just look for sandman.parareality there on Facebook. And, of course, I'm now finally on Twitter. And you can follow me at Twitter. That's at parareal radio. That's P-A-R-A-R-E-A-L radio. At parareal radio on Twitter. And finally, you can still call the studio line at 615-692-1170 and leave a message. That's 
1170. Just be aware that I may play your comment back on the show if you leave me a message. Simply just leaving me a message is giving me permission to play your comment back on the show. And you never know, I may also answer the phone because it seems like I'm always in the studio working on something, so you just may catch me there. And I'm there quite a bit now trying to um, work on my uh, broken computer, trying to figure out how the hell I can fix it without having to buy a whole complete new one because I've got so much information on that computer. You know, it sucks to get a new one and then have to transfer all those stinking files over to your new computer. So hopefully I can get it fixed without having to buy a new one. Keeping my fingers crossed and keep your fingers crossed as well. So um, let's get on with the show and let's start investigating the Popelik monster. Well, everyone, there is a dark and sinister creature living beneath the Popelik trestle near Floyd's Creek in Louisville, Kentucky. This thing was first sighted in the uh, 1970s. This unknown cryptid, simply known as the Pope Lick Monster, has uh, it's been described as a human and goat hybrid that's earned it the nickname Goatman. And I'll probably be interchanging, interusing those terms, Pope Lick Monster and Goatman, frequently through the night. So just know if I say Goatman, that and the Pope Lick Monster, same thing. Now, thought to be responsible for several deaths in the area, this terrifying creature preys on adventurous souls exploring its territory. The monster, there's my creepy clock. The monster is said to possess a wide array of supernatural skills to lure people out onto the trestle, including mimicry, telepathy, and or hypnosis. And once the victim's lured onto the trestle, the Pope Lick monster uses its, its abhorrent physical appearance to frighten its intended victim, causing them to leap or fall to their demise. Some versions of the legend insist the monster waits for a train to approach, then from beneath the trestle holds its charmed victim down until the train runs them over. That's pretty damn gruesome right there. I don't know if you've ever seen anyone run over by a train. I have not in real life. Um, seen you know some training videos and stuff, uh, but I've never actually seen a, a real life person run over by a train. But you can imagine if you ever watched the old Faces of Death uh, videos that came out in the eighties, you can imagine um, what a train will do to someone. If you've seen those videos and seen. You know, people run over by trains on those. You can imagine it's it's pretty much just like that. Now, it's also been reported that the beast hangs from the trestle until a car passes beneath it, and it jumps down, attacking the people who are in the car. In the event either of these two more common attacks are unsuccessful, the goat man is also said to be quite fond of using an axe to get the job done. I don't know where it gets this axe. Maybe it carries it around on its back or in its hand or something like that. But there you go. So we have, you know, um, some common themes going on here with this goat man, this Pope Lake monster that are um, very, uh, well, you know, they're very familiar. They're, they're common themes. You have, you know, a, a monster, a hybrid-like thing 
lurking somewhere where you're not supposed to go. You're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing, and it kills you either by frightening you to death or attacking you with an axe. Those are some common themes that you see in a lot of legends when it comes to scary places, mysterious places, and unknown creatures. So, getting back to the story here, fortunately, not everyone has fallen for these tricks, and according to these people who have survived, the creature mimics the sound of a child in need. Certainly the sound of a child in distress on the trestle of a train track would be difficult for anybody that's got any kind of a conscience to ignore. And it's, it's really hard to imagine someone not climbing up there trying to, you know, rescue what they think is a, is a, is a small child in, in distress. Maybe this explains why so many people have met their fate inexplicably climbing up into the path of an oncoming train. Now, climbing onto the trestle for a glimpse of the Pope Lick monster has been a long-time recreational activity for a lot of uh, adventurous Louisville-area youths. While even entertaining the idea of such an absurd creature might make even the most ardent paranormal enthusiast feel foolish, the Pope Lick monsters killed at least three people, and that is an undisputed fact. The December 30th, 1988 Louisville Courier Journal ran a front page article entitled Trestle of Death in which it records two tragedies attributed to the Pope Lick monster. One of them was a 17-year-old boy named Jack J.C. Charles Baum II. He was a 17-year-old Spalding University student. He was struck and killed by a train on February 18, 1987, while he was <coughs> crossing the trestle. He's since been eulogized at the site of his own death with a sign that says, J.C., we love and miss you. And this actually, it's not a sign. It's spray-painted on, on the, the, trestle's ba- the base of the trestle. Now, <coughs> in May of 1987... Another young man, 19-year-old dude by the name of David Wayne Bryant, died of injuries obtained earlier in 1986 when he jumped from the trestle to dodge an oncoming train. Authorities concluded Bryant was attempting to get out of the way of a train when he fell to his death, but they made no official statement explaining why he was on the trestle in the first place. Also, in 2000, a 19-year-old Mount Washington man by the name of Nicholas Jewell was shaken from the trestle by the vibrations of an oncoming train as he tried to hang from the freaking tracks to avoid being hit by it. Now, I, I can imagine. who You know how long these trains can be. Some of these things can be like almost a mile long. Seriously, if they got enough cars and stuff behind them. Now, you can imagine the vibrations that you're going to feel from this train if you're trying to hang on. And then you've got to hang on for a long, long time. You know, that's that's some shit right there, man. That is a lot of stuff um, to, to overcome. You know, fatigue, 
vibrations. Who knows if he was shaken off of it or if he just simply couldn't hang on any longer. Well, that's a good question. We'll never know the answer to that. Now, according to uh, local news channel WDRB, the story of the Pope Lick Monster probably goes back even further than the 1970s. While the, the reporters from uh, WDRB were researching this story, they interviewed a filmmaker by the name of Ron uh, Schildknecht about his experience tempting fate with this Pope Lick Monster thing about 40 years or, or more ago when he was 16 years old. Schiltenecht recounted a story of the time he climbed up the 100-foot railroad trestle and ran along the tracks, you know, tempting fate to see if there was a train going to come or not. And although he made it to the other side in one piece, the news channel did verify that the trestle has been at the site of a long list of deaths and injuries during the past few decades and proposed a theory Maybe the deaths attributed to the Pope Lick Monster were merely just thrill-seekers looking for a good time, and that is a very plausible theory. While WDRB and others have suggested that the deaths and others were the results of poor judgment, there are many people who believe the circumstances are unnatural and suspect the Pope Lick Monster may be involved. Schiltenecht was inspired to make a short film in 1988, 1988 excuse me, called The Legend of the Pope Lick Monster, which was a hit just really locally in the Louisville area. Now, two, days, two decades later, or a little over two de- decades later now, almost three decades later, it's still kind of, uh, still kind of popular around there. It, 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 in uh, 2008, it was completely remastered and re-released to celebrate the 20th anniversary. It originally premiered at the uh, Uptown Theater in Louisville on uh, December the 29th, 1988, and many of the exterior distance scenes were shot at the actual Pope Lick Trestle. The night of the movie premiere, two boys were arrested when they attempted to climb out onto the trestle in a stunt and immediately thereafter, a six-foot-high security fence was installed, which is still in place today. Although, it's still there, along with a heightened police presence, it, it still hasn't kept people away from the tracks. Now, although the movie was released under the heading of fiction, the release proved to be very problematic for the uh, Norfolk Southern Railroad. Norfolk officials were worried uh, even one showing of the film might draw curious explorers to the the railroad trestle, Uh, which is, you know, a little, I guess, unusual for uh, a company to be, you know, worried about that. And also something that's a little unusual for for a big company like that, they, they went so far as to read a statement at the premiere of the movie, discouraging people from trying to imitate scenes in the film. Now, normally people just put up no trespassing signs, you know, to limit their liability. So so it makes you wonder if maybe Norfolk Southern knows something else about that trestle that they're not sharing. Who knows? You've got, you know, sightings of an unknown creature? Check. Multiple unexplained deaths? 
Check. Unusual corporate interest in the story, or in this case, B-rated movie? Check. All that's missing is an origin story for the Pope Lichnoster, but don't worry about that because I've got that covered too. As is the case with most other cryptid legends, there's no way to know for certain where the Pope Lick monster came from or why it settled in the Louisville area, but local residents have embraced two prevailing theories. The first popular explanation for this creature, uh, it involves a farmer who struck a deal with the devil and, as is always the case, came out on the bad end of the, uh, of the deal, right? Because you're, you're never going to come out good whenever you make a deal with Satan. So as the story goes, the farmer sought the presence of the Dark Lord by torturing a large herd of goats in order to prove his loyalty. To reward the farmer, the devil humorously transformed him into a goat-like monster. His soul now forfeited to Satan, the farmer's curse to spend eternity living underneath the trestle, claiming new souls for his master. That one, while it's not the most popular explanation for, for this thing, is... How can I say that? That's a little on the unbelievable side, okay? Now, without trying to turn this into some sort of uh, religious debate or religious monologue or or what have you, um, gosh, where do I start with this without making it turn into a sermon at church here. Um, I'm not, I'm not a big time religious person. Okay. Um, I think that church is for sheep, no pun intended there. Um, why else would they call it a flock? Right. Um, but I do believe that there are good and evil forces in the world not necessarily God and Satan, but I do believe that there are demons and there are other creatures who are good. And you can call them angels if you want to. Um, and I'm not going to get into an explanation of what my opinion on or my theories upon what angels and demons really are or what they could be. Um, but if you... If you believe in God, you have to believe in the devil, according to religious people. So, I'm just not so sure that either one of those two entities exist. Even if they do, and let's just go on the assumption that they both do, it just seems just implausible that Satan would want to waste his time turning one dude into a half man half goat creature type thing you know just so he can collect souls for Satan just because a demon kills you 
does not mean that your soul is going to be damned to hell for all eternity. Not in my opinion, anyway. You may think differently. Um, so, anyway, this this explanation for the goat man as being a farmer who basically sold his soul to Satan and then got screwed over, um, really not that plausible. Although it is very popular, yes, not all that plausible in my not-so-humble opinion. So the most popular story goes like this. In the late 1800s, there were rumors of a wild animal running loose in the Canadian wilderness. The locals called it the Pope Lick Monster. Stories about the creature caught the attention of a circus owner named Silas Garner. Garner was so interested in the creature that he offered a substantial reward to anyone who could capture it alive and turn it over to him. So as you can guess, someone did exactly that. Garner then began to exhibit the creature as his circus freak. And he traveled by train from town to town, and the creature was one of his star attractions. However, as you can probably figure out, Garner mistreated the poor creature, and it harbored an extreme hatred for the man and all other humans as well. So on one fateful night, as the circus was bound for Louisville, Kentucky, lightning struck the train tracks, derailing the train and causing a fatal accident. The Popelick monster escaped and has been hanging out in the area around the trestles where the accident happened. So, imagine a scenario where a part man, part goat hybrid was virtually enslaved by a corrupt circus owner. After years of abuse, the creature escapes at the first possible opportunity. Unfortunately, such a creature, cruelly mistreated by mankind, would almost certainly harbor resentment and enact revenge on anyone accidentally crossing its path. Having spent captivity around magicians, ventriloquists, and other such charlatans, the creature would probably have learned a few tricks of deception, right? So here we have the most popular story that Silas Garner captured or had captured a goat man and mistreated it, showed it off in his excuse me, traveling sideshow circus. Or is it traveling circus sideshow? That sounds better. Traveling circus sideshow, right? So imagine this guy beating this thing, whipping it, yelling at it, calling it all kinds of names and stuff. Who knows if this thing even actually understood English? Maybe it learned. I don't know. And then... This causes this creature to just harbor just this immense hatred towards Garner. And basically, with its only interaction with humans being beaten and whipped and cursed, and then other humans looking at it like it's some sort of freak, because it was. You know, who knows what these people were saying to the thing. Pointing at it, laughing, yelling, screaming, making fun of it, throwing stuff at it. 
you know, it probably wouldn't be logical to assume that it developed a hatred for all humans. I know if I were in that situation, being shown off as a freak and, and having all of those things done to me, that I would probably harbor a hatred for human beings as well. Now, with that being said, is this a plausible theory? Um, probably not either. But however, it is more plausible than Satan turning someone into a half-man, half-goat hybrid. Um, but let's just say that this story is true. Let's just say Silas Garner did have a goat man and um, the train did wreck somewhere around the trestle there right outside of Louisville, Kentucky, and, and the creature escaped. Why then would it just want to hang around in that area? Why wouldn't it want to try to go back home? Right? I, I know I would want to try to go back home, right? I mean, of course, not really knowing, I guess, where it was, but still, you would want to attempt to go back home. At least I would think, it, you know, you would. So why is it still hanging around there. Also, this happened in the late, I don't have an exact date, but it happened in the late 1800s. So you're looking at over a hundred years ago, a hundred and let's just say 120 to 130 years ago. What the hell is the lifespan on this creature? You know, it's been hanging around for over a hundred years and you can have the argument, oh, maybe it, you know, freaking kidnapped somebody and some woman and raped her and had little man-goat hybrid creatures and it's that's the it's not the the original creature but it's uh, it's offspring well now you're getting a whole lot of stuff that uh really um not plausible um you got once again you got a half man half goat hybrid so you got to think where did he come from obvious first the thing you're going to do is say well some dude had sex with a goat a female goat, and uh, she had a man-goat baby. Well, that's probably not necessarily going to happen because our DNAs are not compatible. Yes, a man can have sex with a goat. Absolutely 100% can happen. Probably has happened on many occasions. <clears throat> but our DNA not compatible, you're not going to have a half-man, half-goat hybrid. So then you have to say, okay, so it didn't come from a man having sex with a goat. So maybe it had to come from uh, genetic manipulation. Maybe there's somebody made a clone of a half-man, half-goat hybrid. Is that possible? Uh, the answer to that question is a resounding yes. I think it is possible. Um, I don't think that the technology existed back in the late 1800s or even before the year 2000. Um, but is it possible? Yes, it is possible. Now we're going down rabbit holes here. So trying not to go down too many rabbit holes or trying not to go too far down too many rabbit holes, I think I may be a little bit too late for that. I'm going to have to back up here and I'm going to have to start digging my way out. So let's just back up here and 
give a little bit more of the background of the stories as to what these people think that this thing is. So story number one is Satan punishing somebody for worshiping him. Um, You know, devil worship gone wrong. Number two is you have an unexplained goat creature. Don't know where it came from. That was used as a circus freak that, uh, survived a, a, a train crash and is hanging out around the trestles. So you've got those two stories, which are the most popular ones, but you also have many tales that tell of a strange, old, blue-eyed, insane man that had sex with his pack of goats and produced the monster cryptid from this union. Now, notice it's not just one goat, but a whole slew of goats that he was having sex with and somehow made this goat man. Where the original story came from, no one's really quite certain. One story in particular is likely to stand out among the rest, however, and that's the story of an old blue-eyed hermit who lived under a trestle just off the road of Pope Lick, who told authorities he had seen the monster get hit by a train and die. Another tale tells that he was the man having sex with goats and was driven insane by some sort of syphilis infection that he contracted from the goats. Now, that one is probably the most plausible one out of all the stories, that he was screwing a goat, didn't have a condom on, and got an STI. That's probably what it was. And he went nuts and was killing people. That's probably where the, excuse me, where the legend originated from. If I had to take a guess, that sounds like the most plausible one out of all of these things to me. Though the general consensus is that the tale was told to keep youngsters from going to such places in the first place where certain death was assured is probably actually where this story originated from that there is absolutely everyone says oh well there's a certain grain of truth in all stories bullshit there is not always a grain of truth in every story sometimes stories are just made up just simply to be made up and it is very 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 plausible that some parent thought up of this horrible half goat half man monster in order to keep their kids in the house at night when it was safe because that happened a lot back in the quote unquote old days people made up stories to tell the children in order to keep the kids on the straight and narrow and then over the years these stories got to be thought of as true these legends in the minds of certain people became truth. They became the gospel. And over the years, they got embellished, added to, and be made, you know, into something more grandiose than what it originally was. And you have these wild tales of things, such as the Pope Lick Monster. And you have 
stories upon stories upon stories of not only of these creatures killing people, but you also have stories upon stories upon stories of how they came to be and what made them. Just look at in the last couple of minutes what we've talked about here. People having sex with goats. People uh, getting syphilis and going insane. Um, unexplained monsters used as a circus freak. Deals with the devil. I mean, you've got all of these little stories. And those are probably just a, those are just the ones that I were able to find out. There's probably half a dozen more. All just as weird and effed up as that one was, as those are. So what really was the original story of the Pope Lick Monster? Well, once again, not going to be able to find that out. We just aren't going to know what the original story was. However, if I had to take a guess as to where the story originated from, I really would have to say that it is probably something that was made up by a parent or a couple of parents in order to keep their young mischievous children inside the house at night and keep them safe. So, (coughs) excuse me, what exactly did this murderous creature look like? Or should I say, what does it look like? Now, according to the majority of eyewitnesses, the goat man nickname is quite appropriate because the monster resembles the blending of a goat and a man, twisted together in some sort of agonizing horror. The Popelick monster is more often described as being uh, a very uh, tall, well-built, muscular, powerful, man-like monster with the legs and hooves of a goat coarse black golden brown and white blood-stained fur covers its legs and thin or sparse hair standing up straight on its head between its horns the monster's body and arms are described as hairless and its flesh is extremely pale or bluish The face is described often as the twisted image of a goat and a human crossed, and sometimes more goat and sometimes described as more human. This is many believe as a description too often vary. It tells that there are more than one Pope Lick monster, more than one goat man at large than just the one monster, according to what the theory is on some people. And this goes back to dudes having sex with goats because if dude is having sex with goats and can somehow produce offspring, then you know he's not going to stop at just one. He's going to have more than one He's gonna because he's going to be fucking them goats and he's going to be liking it and he's going to keep on fucking them goats and he's going to be producing a baby and he's going to have, holy shit, I produced a baby. Let me fuck some more and make some more babies. And he's going to have a whole brood and the dude's going to be crazy. Goats are going to be all fucked up in the head because he's fucking them and raping them and all this crap. And then you've got the little goat man hybrid baby things. Who, of course, those are those things are going to be all fucked up in the head because they're half man, half goat. They don't belong to either animal <laughs> and 
they're going to be fucked up. And you got the fucked up dad raising the fucked up goat men. And the other goats are all fucked up. And it's just one big fucked up mess. And there you go. How did that sound? Plausible? Probably not. (laughs) Oh, boy. So, getting back to this, maybe there's more than one of them, okay? There are lots of reports that claim the monster travels with a herd or, or, or a pack of real wild goats. So, you can see if this thing is traveling... Because it's half goat, right? If this thing is traveling with a bunch of goats and someone sees it or hears it or whatever and it's traveling with a pack of goats, they're going to say, oh my God, this thing is, there's more than one of them because there's a whole slew of these things because they're going to see a a pack of goats with this thing. They're going to, oh my God, and their their mind's going to interpret this as this is a herd of goat men. Or, you know, if there's one traveling with this herd of goats, he's probably got a mate, and there's he has offspring in there. Maybe those are his offspring that he's trying. So you just see where it just gets all convoluted. Now, one stern warning many will tell you is that if you see one lone goat in the area, you should get out of there as fast as you can because the goat man is around somewhere. So you've got all kinds of effed up stories here about the goat man, who he is, what he looks like, where he comes from and how he came to be. But you don't have one clear cut story that says this is actually it. Although I'm still going to have to get back to, it was probably an old wives tale that people use to keep their kids at home at night. So uh, uh, one story that I ran across while researching the goat man stated that the creature said to have several blue-eyed half goat or full goat children and several forms of disfigurement or goat human crossed hybrids resembling itself in appearance. Now these kids have been spoken of in a few tales that I've heard and, and, and read and I was told that some might be more goat than human as others seem to appear, you know, uh, really strangely deformed. The strange part, as if there's just only one strange part about all this, is that a lot of people say that his kids appearing goat-like may have several uh, unapparent human qualities like speech and human intelligence rather than that of just uh, a normal uh, domestic goat. In a few morbid tales, the creature said to hold some human young women and men as captives and use them for, as you can guess, breeding stock, with the men being forced to mate with his pack of she-goats. Now, this is starting to get real convoluted here and nasty, right? This is apparently accomplished by using its paranormal or hypnotic powers to force the people to do so. Many disappearances are believed to be associated with this thing. But one strange tale tells of a young guy who was uh, he was twenty and uh, was twenty years old at the time that he disappeared uh, several years ago. He was said to be found one day near the Pope Lick Trestle. He was supposedly nude and dirty, heavily scarred, and covered with thousands of large. Uh, blood-filled ticks 
and upon medical examination, his body was said to be infested with hook and tape worms, and he had what was described as distinctive signs of syphilis. He was babbling incoherently about being the goat man's slave, and he was admitted to a psychiatric hospital in Louisville, Kentucky, where he stayed for at least seven years. He's allegedly living a normal, happy life today after years of therapy, as you can imagine. Now, whether this is just a tall tale or a truth, I don't know. However, it sounds like some interesting story that was made up in order to perpetrate the story of the Pope Lake Monster, if you ask my opinion. Because we have no name of this guy. Um, I can't find anything anywhere where there's any newspaper articles or any such thing describing the events that I just told you. Not saying that it's not true, but the probability of it being true, well, it's very, very low. Another often told tale is, um, oh, let's see. Well, it tells of a woman in her late 50s who was found near the trestle. She was uh, wild and feral, and it's believed that uh, she's still being held to this very day in a mental hospital, an undisclosed mental, another undisclosed mental hospital in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Though she's not identified by name or her plight fully explained in detail, many will will only say that she was taken captive by the goat man in the early 1970s and that whatever that thing did to her will never be revealed to the public. Very convenient, right? So here are all these convenient stories uh, with nothing really substantial to back them up. One tale tells of a couple who went looking for the creature and the next day only the hand of the young woman was found and it was missing several fingers that looked or appeared to be uh, chewed off. The man that was with her was brutally beaten and raped, and his face was completely ripped off. Now, this was said to have happened in the late 1980s. However, as you can guess, this isn't verified with any physical documentation. Many tales of the creature's sexual appetite and the fact that it will have sex with anything that crosses its path is, as many believe, not just a made-up urban legend, but is the actual truth. However, once again, we have no substantial physical evidence that this has actually happened or has ever actually happened. Now, since we're talking about um, sex with this goat creature, um, let's talk about breeding seasons with this thing because there are many people who think that during the monster's breeding season that he becomes even more aggressive and verbal. Yes, apparently he has a breeding season. It's believed that this occurs in late fall and early spring, though I can't find any concrete reasons why people think this. Maybe it's just one more tale to be added to the myth of the goat man. Now, it is coming up upon fall, 
ironically enough. And I live just a few short hours from Louisville, Kentucky, probably about two and a half or three hours. Maybe I don't even think it's that far from Louisville, Kentucky. Been there several times. I happen to know someone who is very well versed in the legend of the Poplick monster, who I got a lot of information about the Poplick monster from this, for this episode of from. And, um, I'm thinking if I can talk this person into a field trip that I may just in the late fall, go up to the Poplick area up there, right outside of Louisville, Kentucky and see if I can see said Pope Lick Monster. I don't know if this is going to happen yet. This is something that I've just been, as as I was putting together this episode, this was just something that I was thinking about in the back of my head. It was like, hmm, I wonder. Maybe this is something that's doable. You never know. Um, so again, it all depends upon if I can talk this person into uh, helping me out with the situation here. I don't... Um, of course, obviously, I don't know the Louisville, Kentucky area that well at all. And I, uh, of course, I can go, I can find the place. I'm not going to say pretty easily, but I don't think it would be all that hard to find how to get there. But still, you know, it's better to have a, it's always better to have a guide, in my opinion. I would love to have uh, someone uh, who knows the area go up there with me says I don't get lost and who knows maybe I can make some sort of a freaking show out of it I can't do a live remote from there but uh I sure can record a show now that I'm thinking about it that sounds like something fun that sounds like that sounds totally doable I haven't done a Perialty Radio field trip in a long time. I wonder if maybe now is not the time to do a field trip for Perialty Radio. So if, the, if I tell you what, if there's anybody that's listening to this podcast that lives pretty darn close, let's just say within three hours of the Louisville, Kentucky area, that would like to go... Uh, with me on a field trip and sometime in the late fall this year get in touch with me let me know that would be something that would be very cool maybe we could uh get four or five people i wouldn't want any more let's just say four i wouldn't want any more than four people to uh to go on this thing i want to keep it small you know i don't like to do a large trips i like to keep things small so um yeah that would be cool you I've I've told everyone how to get in touch with me already. I do it several times on the show, so just keep listening for uh, at the end of the broadcast here, and you can uh, find out how you can get in contact with me here on the show. And if you live within a three-hour window of the Louisville, Kentucky area, and would like to accompany me on a field trip to. See if we could find the Pope Lick Monster 
email me. Stay tuned at the end of the show for how you can get in contact with me. That sounds like it's something pretty good. Not saying that this is actually going to happen, okay? Don't think that this is actually going to happen, um, but there is a possibility. Let's just say it's 50-50 right now, and that's the best percentage that I'm going to give you. But it sounds something that like, like something that's completely doable, that would be really fun. Uh, of course, this is all going to be Dutch treat. I'm not paying anyone's way to do this. You're going to have to pay your own way. But we'll we'll work out details on that later. But that sounds like a very fun uh, field trip for the Perialty radio show here. And anyway, I totally have gotten off track, and I am digressing big time here. So uh, let me get back to this. Uh, let's see here. So... Uh, since the uh, 1970s, the goat man has become the subject of a number of popular urban myths in the Deep South. Myths vary, but the goat man preying on courting couples or attacking cars parked at the side of the road are both common themes. There are tales of people saying that they personally know the creature is dead and that it was destroyed when it's became a victim itself of the oncoming train that it uses to kill people. They say that its remains were buried in an unmarked grave somewhere beneath the old trestle. Uh, something interesting to, to look for. Maybe if you had some ground-penetrating radar or something, who knows. Um, there are those, of course, who keep this Kentucky myth alive with tales of his unholy brood, children, which are said to roam the area. It's also told that at one time the monster would devour infants that it had stole from their cradles as they slept. Uh, one tale says that he stole a human child and reared it as his very own. And the, the feral kid is thought to be what many say roams the area still. Some tales say he has just a single powerful evil heir that's the sole offspring of his rape of a she-goat others state his offspring are from the rape of several young women he held captive whether the monster has a real progeny or not I'm not sure uh, many new tales will always resurface of the Pope Lick Trestle and its monsters for many years to come I am quite certain of that however and, you know, you have with that something that has just, this story covers just all aspects of so many different things. You've got, once again, some of this is just rehashing things, but you've got devil worship. You've got human-animal hybrids. You have... You know, insane people, uh, captives, uh, tales of dirty, nasty, lurid sex between man and beast and contorted, twisted, deformed, crazy, insane offspring. You have crazy, insane people. You have people being killed, whether it's pushed off a train track forcing them to fall, hacking them up with an axe. It's just all kinds of weird tales that circle around this Pope Lick monster, this goat man of Louisville, Kentucky. 
But you know, if you think about it, people, the one common centralized theme that is present in all of these crazy tales, and I'm going to give you a second to think about it, but it's not what you may think it is. It's not obvious and in your face like the tales of so many other things like this are is where you where you see it for what it really is from the get-go this is a little more subtle you have to think about it some and you have to really use your brain which i know people who listen to this show i know that you guys know how to use your brains and some of you have may, may have already figured it out and <clears throat> if you hadn't if you think about it just a little bit i'm sure very sure that you will it's not like super super deep but like i said it's not exactly in your face either like so many of these other tales are so what i'm going to do here in uh, just a couple of minutes is uh, i'm going to take a break here at the top of the hour of the show and then when i come back i'm going to do my sandman speaks segment where i give Excuse me, Bert, where I give my uh, personal opinions on the topic of tonight's show, which I'm sure many of you have just listening to my comments that I haven't tried to disguise here this evening. I'm quite sure that you can figure out what I think about the public monster. But uh, anyway, I'm going to take a break here in uh, oh, about a minute and a half or so. And uh, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to do my Sandman Speaks segment. And then after that, I will reveal to you what the one underlying theme of the legend of the Pope Lick Monster, this goat man. I'm going to reveal to you what that is and why people told that tale not necessarily why they tell it today, but why they told that tale in the past. And it was more than, as I have said a few times, it was just it was more than just simply keeping their kids at home at night where it was safe. That has part to do with it, but the real reason they told it was, well, it relates to why the tale came about in the first place, right? So the real reason is, well, it's just something that you're going to have to wait and see, right? So I'm going to take a break here, and I'm going to play a little bit of music. And when I come back, I'm going to come back with uh, the Sandman Speaks topic. And like I said, after that, I will reveal to you what the one centralized underlying secret theme of the legend of the Pope Lick Monster really is. Enjoy this music. I'll be back in just a few minutes.
Hello, everybody. This is Sandman. I want to thank you for listening to Parareality Radio, and I'd like to invite you to check out my side project. It's called Set It Off. It's a half-hour-long show where I vent my frustrations about anything from politics, religion, pop culture, and celebrities to rude people, stupid people, or that guy who drives too slow in the fast lane. It can be just about anything that, well, sets me off. It can only be heard on Spreaker and on Facebook. Just go to Spreaker.com and search for Set It Off. Or listen to it on my Facebook page, which is Sandman.Parareality. There's no set schedule for the show because it's completely random. So check for new episodes often. Remember, it's called Set It Off, and you never know what I'm going to say next. And now, Sandman Speaks. Welcome back. Did you listen closely to the lyrics of that song that I just played? There were a few subtle clues as to the real origins behind the stories of the Goat Man or Pope Lick Monster, whichever one you want to call it. So, this is Sandman Speaks. This is the segment of the show. Where at the at the end, where I presented all my evidence, told all of my stories, all that other sorts of stuff, that I present to you, the audience, what my personal opinion is about whatever topic it, of the the topic du jour, whatever the topic of the night is, right? So, what do I think about the Pope Lick monster? Is it real? Is it a myth? Is it a little of both? Well, my answer may surprise you, or it may not. I don't believe in the Pope Lick Monster. While the stories about it are great, they're just that. They're stories. I'm going to file the Pope Lick Monster right there alongside the Loch Ness Monster. Great to talk about, but not totally real. The stories are all too similar to others of its kind. You've got the legend on the train tracks, the abused creature. Hell, you've even got a bloody axe, depending upon which version of the legend you prefer. All of this revolves around young people who are doing something they shouldn't, either walking along the train trestle or having sex, or something of that nature. All these are stories made up centuries ago to keep these kids from doing the bad stuff. You do these bad things and you can die. That's basically what the story is. Do bad things and you die, right? You, you do something that you shouldn't and you can wind up dead. If you've visited the Pope Lick Trestle or reside in the Louisville area and had an unusual encounter with something unexplained, 
then you may have had a run-in with a poke flick monster, but I highly doubt it. There could be something else lurking out there, or it could be something entirely explainable. Real or not, on a regular basis, media and local residents are sharing new stories of the Pope Lake Monster, which has become, for lack of a better term, an enduring part of Louisville culture. While I live close to the area where the Pope Lake Monster is said to reside, I'll admit that I've never been there. I've seen many pictures of the trestle and the area surrounding it. Through these pictures, I've imagined the goat man, a poorly disguised image of the devil himself. And I'm reminded of how certain members of the Louisville community believe the Pope Lick monster or some other supernatural force did persuade those aforementioned kids out onto the train tracks. While I wouldn't go as far as saying supernatural provocation caused the deaths of those kids, the Popelit monster did lure them out onto that trestle, if only with his legend. And that, my friends, is Sandman Speaks. So while I am a firm believer in the supernatural, I uh, think that there are many, I know that there are many unexplained things here in this world that are, well, too unimaginable for us to wrap our brains around, uh, to think that they could be real. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to have to say that the public monster isn't one of those things. Um, you may find that, some of you, anyway, may find it kind of unusual that someone who does a show of this nature is saying that, oh, here's something that I don't believe in. Because I think there's a a, uh, a myth that has been perpetrated about uh, people who do shows like, like this that we have to believe anything and everything that's out there. And, and I know... I've got some pretty strange beliefs compared to a lot of people, just like my thing with the chemtrails, okay? I get laughed at a lot for my chemtrail theory. That's fine. You go ahead and laugh. One of these days, you'll be proven wrong. I'll be proven right, and uh, the joke will be on you. <laughs> However, um, I can't. I, I, I am not one of those people that believes in everything just because it's mysterious, unexplained, quote-unquote supernatural or paranormal does not mean that I have to believe in it, does not mean that it exists, does not mean that it is true. One of the hallmarks of this radio show is that I don't have any type of particular agenda whenever I do a show, whenever I come on the air. As a matter of fact, from day one, from the very first episode of Pair Reality radio that I did way back in 2004 on the alterna, the now defunct AlternaCast radio network. Uh, I have always come out and presented the evidence 
in a fashion to where it was plain, was clear, it was simple, and I let you, the listeners, make up your mind as to whether or not you wanted to believe in such a thing, if such a thing would exist. Um, I never have had from day one, and I never will have, any particular agenda that I am trying to push to get you on my side, to sway your opinion on one topic, one way or the other, whether I believe in it or not. And I have never, I have always said as well from day one that I don't believe in any, in all things that are paranormal, supernatural, mysterious, and unexplained. Some of these things I think have natural explanations. Some of these things are uh, complete legends. Some of these things are actually completely made up. That has nothing to do with legends. Somebody just made some shit up. And some of them you can't explain. Some of them are supernatural and paranormal, but not all of them. So while it may surprise some of you, especially if you're new to this show, while it may surprise some of you that I am openly admitting that there is, I don't believe in this thing, that there are certain things that I don't believe in, such as the Loch Ness Monster and the Pope Lick Monster, those of you who have been listening to my show for years know that this is my MO. This is how I really am. Uh, and you know what? You don't have to be uh, someone who believes in the paranormal, the supernatural, um, UFOs, aliens, ghosts, demons, poltergeists, cryptids. You don't have to be someone that really believes in all of those things to listen to this show, to be a fan of this show. Because I think that I present my topics to you in a totally unbiased opinion. I once again present the evidence to you and I let you, the listener, make up your mind as to whether or not you think this is something that is real or not. And there are some people, I have received emails from people over the years who were like, man, I didn't believe in so-and-so, and I, I listened to your show, and now I think maybe there's something to it. I've also had people who who have emailed me that was like, you are on the wrong track. You're a complete and total idiot. You're a buffoon. This doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I, I've had people who say, you know, I used to believe in so-and-so. I heard your show. I was doing research. I heard your show and I heard your evidence. And, you know, what you have said has kind of made me think maybe such, you know, insert your thing here is not a real thing. So I have run the gambit on, these things so you know there was the evidence you the listener make up your own mind as to what you think um, is real and what you think isn't with the goat man uh, I am once again I am personally of the opinion that it is nothing more than a mere legend a uh, tall tale, an urban myth that has over the years been added to, embellished, and has become this cultural phenomenon in the Louisville, Kentucky area. Uh, 
and it, what's really weird is it's one of those things that really doesn't make the the broader circuit. There's not a lot of people who are, live outside the Louisville area who know about this thing. It's not something, you know, we're talking about a cryptid here, right? So it's not something that's as widely known as, say, La Chupacabra or um, something of, of that nature, or the Loch Ness Monster, or Bigfoot. You know, uh, this is something that's more regional, which is, once again, why I'm doing this summer series on southern cryptids, because they're more regionalized cryptid creatures, and they're not widely known outside of the a little regional or local geographical area. So I thought, what a great way to, you know, explore, get the, get the, the, the recognition, the name of these creatures out there, such as, you know, the Pope Lick monsters. I'm sure there's a lot of you who have never heard of the Pope Lick monster, and there's really not a lot of information out there about it. It's one of those things where you have to be in the area. You have to kind of know someone who knows the stories to tell you these things. So there was Sandman Speaks on the Pope Lick Monster. And I'm going to take another break, let you listen to some more music. Oh, yeah, I know you're so happy. And when I come back, I'm going to reveal what the real meaning behind the legend of the Pope Lick Monster is. Thank you. 
hey, have I kept you hanging on long enough? Has the suspense been built up enough where it's just agonizing and it's killing you and you're waiting for me to tell you what the real meaning behind the legend of the goat man, the Pope lick monster really is. Have I kept you hanging on? Have I kept that, that hook baited that carrot dangling in front of you long enough? Well, I'll tell you right after these messages. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm going to tell you what it is now. Okay. So the, I kind of dropped a little hint at it in my Sandman speaks segment. The songs that I've played have had little bitty subtle hints in them. If you listened to some of the lyrics in the songs, and you may want to just download this and play those songs back in a little bit and kind of just listen to the lyrics, like really listen to the lyrics, you know, a little subtle stuff here and there. So you can tell I really thought this through, can't you? <clears throat> okay, so. Without any further ado, without any further waiting, no more suspense, no more keeping you hanging on. You've been listening this long. You're like, when's this bastard going to tell me what the meaning behind it is? Because you want to know if you figured it out, don't you? You want to know, am I smarter than Sandman? Have I figured it out? Well, you probably have. It's simple, people. The whole entire reason that the legend of the Pope Lick Monster was invented in the first place was simply to keep young people from having sex. Period. The end. That's it. Oh my God. Mind blown, right? It's that simple. Look at the legends with the exception of that one legend where the, the very first one that I talked about where the guy tortured his herd of goats every other one has something to do with sex in there and i bet if you were to go back and visit that very first legend that i was talking to you about where he tortured his herd of goats i bet if you were to look real deep into that you would probably find out that there was some form of sexual type torture in with all of that stuff going on there i'm pretty much willing to bet that every other thing every other legend every other story had sex in it somewhere and everything was bad right you had the guy who had sex with his goats who got syphilis and went crazy you had the guy who um had uh, um, uh sex with the goats and uh had, uh, or excuse me, and went, uh, now see, I'm getting them all confused. You had the guy that had sex with the goats and got syphilis and went crazy. Then you have the, the monster itself kidnapping people and forcing them to have sex with the goats. Or you have the monster itself having sex with the goats. Or you've got couples who are parked out somewhere near the trestle, maybe underneath it, maybe close by it who were making out or having sex and they got killed or went missing had their fingers chewed off you had you know the the one couple that I was telling you about where the the they went out there for you know some make out session or something she went missing you only found her hand with just a couple of fingers left on it and the boy 
what had his face ripped off and he was ass raped. You know, everything that has to do with the legend of the goat man all boils down to if you have sex, you will die. And in the old days, you know, go all the way up to as far as probably just a hundred years ago, or maybe even 50 years ago, there were all kinds of stories that adults told their children in order to keep them safe and in the home. And a lot of that stuff had to revolved around doing something that was considered inappropriate. Sex before marriage, even though people did it all the time, it was considered inappropriate. It still is kind of sort of today, but it's more accepted. Um, uh, so what were some other things that might have been considered inappropriate back then? Um, my gosh, I can't think of any right now. My mind just went blank. But you get the idea, right? Um, so legends like this, like I said, were were invented most oftentimes by adults, by parents, to keep their children safe at night. Think 250 years ago. We had no idea about what was really out there. I mean, we, we kind of thought we knew, but hell, you know, up until freaking Columbus in 1492, quote-unquote, discovered America, which we all know he really didn't. But until he took credit for discovering America, everybody thought the world was flat. And that's just been a few hundred years ago. You know, so we have, over the centuries, we have come to find out more and more about our world that in our universe, our physical existence that we didn't know back then. So all of the unknown stuff, the dark, the night, you know, people didn't want to go outside. There was no light itself or, you know, what you had, but the, the torch or the fire. People didn't want their loved ones, their children roaming out into the night because you couldn't see it was dark and you didn't know what was lurking around that corner. And all other kind of weird creatures came out at night. So why couldn't there be some supernatural force? They just remember in Salem in the 1600s, how many people were tortured because of fear of witchery? Because they thought there was witches in the in the town. And that was all perpetrated by a couple of mean girls. There were, what, three mean little girls who didn't like someone? So they decided to say oh, they're a witch, and then it, the shit just blew up and went crazy. So in Salem in the 1600s back then, if you didn't like somebody, all you had to do was say, hey, Dave down the road is a witch. He put a curse on me. He made me shit my pants. And you just start shitting in your pants, and you go, see, look, it's the curse. He's a witch. He's making me shit my pants. We must kill him. Just crazy stuff like that. <clears throat> so stories were invented to keep kids in the house and safe at night, to keep them from doing things that were considered inappropriate. The number one thing would be, obviously, to have sex before marriage. So if you tell legends and stories, and there's 
all kinds of them out there. But if you have story A about the public monster, it says if you go out to the train tracks and you start running around it, you could die. Or if you start having sex out there, you could die. And then you take story B, which is about something totally different, and you say, oh, these people, you know, he killed all these people who were having sex. And you have story C, something totally different than that. And in there, all these people were having sex and they got killed. They got tore up. And you have a, a common pattern here. And kids start saying, wow, if I have sex before I get married, something bad's going to happen to me. Some demonic creature is going to come up from the depths of hell and rip my dick off and throw my balls in the river and suck my brains out and kill me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die and I'm going to be damned to hell forever. So <clears throat> there you go. There's what the real meaning behind the public monster was. And like I said, you probably, you guys are smart. I know you are. You probably figured it out before now been dropping little hints here and there and if you haven't figured it out by now i'm sure that you're saying oh you know you're hitting yourself in the forehead like i should have had a v8 thing you know like pow ah it's so obvious to me now well you know what i'll I'll tell you this it wasn't that obvious to me before i started researching for this episode here I knew of the Pope Lick Monster, had known about it for years, knew about the trestle, knew about it luring people out there and, you know, to their deaths, and even knew about the axe thing. I mean, I, I didn't know all there is to know about it, and I still don't, I'm quite sure, but I know more than I did then. But like I said, I knew of it. I knew about it. I knew the legend. I had the basics. And then when I started researching this thing and, and finding out all these stories, and I talked to my friend who lives in the Louisville area several times and she knows a lot about the public monster and she's told me some of the same stories that I was able to look up and verify on the internet you know I I start seeing this and I start going my god this has this is an anti-sex campaign for young kids so it's not I guess my point that I'm trying to make on that is is it's not really always all that obvious when you start looking at the evidence laid out before you and you have all of these stories laid out, you know, side by side and able to read them one after the other and they all sound just freaking just, well, you know, outrageous. I mean, this is one outrageous story, right? But when you start looking at it, you start seeing the common theme of, hey, there's a lot of fucking going on in here. And you're like, oh, God, there it is. That's the whole reason behind it. They don't want young people having sex because it's bad. Bad things will happen to you if you have sex with your girlfriend, young man. You will die. Oh, since shivers up your spine, doesn't you think if you have sex, you will die? It's not like the AIDS epidemic. It's not that kind of death. This is like horrible, demonic body getting ripped the hell up. Painful death. Like something you would never want to have happen to you, right? Like, oh my God. I'm going to have sex and I'm going to die, man, if I don't get married first. So what happened? People got married and they had sex. 
But you know what else happened? People weren't married and they still had sex anyway and they didn't die. Like, oh my God. My friend Steve. My, my friend Steve down the street. He had sex with his girlfriend. He's probably going to die. And then you wait for Steve to have a horrible, painful death being torn apart by some demon from hell with horns and half goat. And it's like Steve's going to get raped to death. Oh my God. Steve, why did you do that? And then like six months later, Steve's still kicking around and he's still screwing his girlfriend. He's still got Trisha down there banging the hell out of her every Saturday night and coming and bragging to you. And it's been six months and he ain't dead. And you're like, hey Steve, man, uh, aren't you scared the coat man's going to get you? You know what Steve says? Steve looks at you, dead in your virgin eyes, and he looks at you, and he just stares in your eyes all the way to your soul, and you can see that Steve is laughing at you in his mind, and he's staring at you in the eyes, and you're looking at him, and you're starting to feel so small, you're shrinking, man. Because you know that you have probably just fucked up. And Steve looks at you and he says, Fuck the goat man. You know why? Because the goat man ain't real. It's just a legend. That's all it is. That's all the goat man is, is an urban legend. And it is made up to keep young, hot-blooded American kids from having sex. And let me tell you what, kids are going to screw, they're going to have sex no matter what, right? You know you had sex lots of times before you got married. Don't say you didn't, because if you do, you're a liar. I'm looking at you. I'm calling you out. You're a liar. 99% of everybody has sex before they get married. There are a few who don't, and I admire you people a lot because there's a lot of pressure to have sex out there. And let me tell you what, sex feels good, whether you're doing it right or not, sex feels good. And when there's something that feels good, you want to do it more, right? I'm starting to get on my soapbox. I've gotten off on a tangent. Sorry about that. But there you go. That was the legend of the goat man in a nutshell. Invented by adults probably a few hundred years ago to keep their kids safe at night in the house to keep them from going out and having sex. And there's the legend of the goat man wrapped up in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. So. That does it for this episode of Parareality Radio. Man, <clears throat> I ran out of my drink and my voice is getting sick. So once again, I want to uh, apologize. I still have several minutes left in this show and there's enough time for me to do this. Uh, I want to apologize for um, dropping off the radar for a couple of months there. I know uh, I probably let some of you loyal listeners down. I may have lost some some people. Uh, if I did, I did. I'm sorry. Um, I just, um, you know how it is when you get frustrated, man. And I just got really super frustrated. It was just like the catalyst right there. There's so many things that have that have kind of gone on this summer. And I really, my intention was, man, this is going to be the summer of Sandman. I got this summer cryptid shit lined up 
man, it's going to be great. Everything's good. I made some good contacts at the uh, World UFO Day thing. And I'm going to talk about that, too, here in just a second. But I, I'm sorry that uh, I dropped off of the the radar there and uh, won't happen again. I've got my temporary studio set up here in my home, and I'm going to be broadcasting from here until I get the other my, my Periality Radio studio computer fixed. So I've got it licked, and I apologize for uh, dropping off the air. Now, let's talk a little bit about World UFO Day that happened back on July 2nd. As you all know, I made a trip down to World UFO Day in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, there was uh, the 2nd, I think it was the 2nd of January. Yeah, the 2nd of January is traditionally World UFO Day. So uh, there was a big festival, supposedly, going on down in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, I went down there with as a vendor, had a vendor booth trying to, you know, get the recognition for the show out there. And uh, the lady that was in charge of setting this thing up, I'm not going to call names, I'm not going to call her out or anything like that because I'm, cause I'm just not uh, not about that. Uh, not like that, at least I'm, I'm not going to be this time. Um, she had made promises to me about doing a live remote, had made special had a special place set up for me to do the live remote. I was going to do it and had uh, advertised it, had everything all set up, uh, put it out on Facebook, put it out on my website, put it out on Twitter. I had it all set up. I had people that uh, I talked to who were actually uh, attendees at the event who were going to come live on the air and uh, be interviewed about their experiences and uh, let's just say this lady did not come through on her promises. So I was unable to do my live remote because she did not fulfill her obligations that she had promised me. And, and I don't know if she had intentions to screw me over or not. I, I don't think so. I don't think uh, anything malicious was, was in her with that uh, I just think that she made promises that she couldn't keep and she had no idea what she was doing so the whole festival and this is not just the remote it was the whole festival was a complete and total disaster um, I don't have any regrets for going down there because uh, I made some good contacts uh, I just uh, she was unable to to live up to her obligations she promised a lot of people a lot of things and uh couldn't deliver on those promises so uh world ufo day as a whole not just for periality radio but as a whole world ufo day was a big bust the at least the 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 memphis festival was a big bust not world ufo day itself but the the world ufo day in memphis festival was a complete and total bust a lot of pissed off people Uh, a lot of people like just didn't show up type thing pissed off a lot of people left early myself included um and i don't think that i will be back for world ufo day again um at least not if this lady is the one that's in charge of it um just uh really not set up very well and um so I came home from World UFO Day Festival, and I was like, boy, 
that really sucked. Now I need to get working on getting my show up in here the next episode, which was supposed to be this episode here, and my freaking studio computer went tits up and crashed, and I haven't been able to get it fixed. Add on top of that the fact that I've really basically been sick. Most of the summer I've lost, I I had about uh, a week total there where I lost my voice completely and could not speak, and I'm still having some... um, problems with my voice, which, um, you know, as a radio guy, um, you kind of need your voice and I'm still having not as much problems as what I was, but I'm still having some problems with my voice. That's uh, really concerning me. And, uh, been to my doctor about it and I may have to have some, some more testing if this thing doesn't clear up in the next couple of months. But, um, and you know a couple of other things have happened here and there and it's just like my summer went to shit really quick it just went got you know starting on july the second it just went downhill really quickly there and uh things have been uh, uh not as i expected them to be so i felt like i owed you guys a little bit of an explanation as to number one why i've been gone for a couple of months and number two what the hell happened at uh, world ufo day and to those people who i met out at world ufo day steven and the gang and uh all you other people um i really enjoyed meeting you guys it was great uh contacts to make and uh, i'm looking forward to working with all of you in the very near future and uh, i will be going back to memphis hopefully within the next couple of months and I'm going to keep uh, everybody informed on that as to what's going on in Memphis. And if there's anybody who happens to uh, live in Memphis who is a fan of the show or who just has stumbled across it by accident, hey, hopefully I'll be up there soon and you guys can meet you guys and, and uh, spread the word about Parareality Radio there in Memphis. And, and uh, hell, wherever you're at, spread the word about Parareality Radio, right? Because it's a... It's my baby. I've been doing this for a long time, and it's about time that uh, I started growing the show. And and uh, that was the first step, and what's to be the step of many, I hope, to uh, you know growing the show and and getting more recognition out there. So once again, everybody, I apologize for dropping off the radar for a couple of months, and uh, now that I've got everything at least temporarily, um, back to where I can start doing the show again, uh, kind of get back on schedule and things are going to be great and all will be right in the world. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that, everybody. It happens. Hey, when you're a one man show, if you've listened to this show for years and years, you know, I'm the one man, one man deal here. I do it all. I write, produce, direct, I edit, uh, I, I do it all. And, uh, when you're a one-man operation like this, when something goes wrong, it can really, like, it has a tendency to escalate itself and go super bad, super quick, because you've only, you're only the the one person, you're the only guy that's working it. And where if I had, like, a team, you know, maybe we could have got something together and or fixed something or, or come up with an alternative plan a lot sooner. I don't know. But anyway, as I usually do, I have digressed and gone off on a little tangent, so I apologize for that. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed tonight's show. Let me know what you thought about it by dropping me an email. That's sandman at 
parareality.com, sandman at parareality.com. Or you can just uh, go to parareality.com. That's where you can find out all kinds of information about the show. You can listen to current and past episodes there. And if you click on the Extras tab, you can join the official Parareality Radio Forum. I know forums are about dead these days, but I still got it up and running. It's free to join. You can shop in the Parareality Radio store. And you can even watch some show videos and some other stuff there. I did have a very short run at an internet uh, television show, which uh, the reason it was a short run is because it sucked really, really bad. <laughs> but I do have the episodes uh, playing there occasionally on Parareality.com under the extras tab, so you can watch some of those. Uh, also, don't forget to look me up on Facebook. That's Sandman dot. Parareality there on Facebook. Don't forget to put the dot in between the Sandman and the Parareality. I've had uh, uh, a couple of people say they was having a hard time finding me on Facebook because you you got to put the dot Sandman dot Parareality for Facebook. Uh, you can also listen to the show on Facebook as well, and you can find out more about what's going on in the world of Parareality Radio, kind of some behind the scenes stuff and everything like that uh i'm also now on twitter so you can follow me there on twitter at para real radio that's p-a-r-a-r-e-a-l-r-a-d-i-o at para real radio all one word i'll be tweeting out announcements like special guests and show topics and stuff like that so be sure to follow me there on uh, twitter at para real radio and of course you can still call the studio line. I still have it up and running. The number is 615-692-1170. That number to call once again is 615-692-1170. So those are all the ways you can get me here on Periality Radio. And remember, there may be a Pope Lick Monster Expedition coming up here the the last part of fall, here in the next month or so. Uh, so, uh, if you are interested in getting in on the um, Pope Lick Monster Expedition, I'm looking for just uh, just a couple of people. There'll be me and my guide and a couple of people, no more than three others, uh, to go take a look at what the big deal about the Pope Lick Monster is. And, and you may be thinking, hey, I thought you just said you didn't believe it. I, I thought that uh, wasn't real. Hey, I can be wrong. I've been known to be wrong before. There's my voice going out. <clears throat> I've been known to be wrong before. Besides, it's a fun expedition, right? Even if it's not real, it's fun to go see the actual area where this legend uh, began. Uh, you know, there may be something supernatural going on out there. It just may not be a goat man. But if you're interested and you live within a three-mile, or three-mile, Jesus Christ, if you're interested and you live within a three-hour radius of the Louisville, Kentucky area, I just told you all the different ways you can get in touch with me. You do that. You get in touch with me. And if I can get enough interest, I may just put together a little Pope Lick Monster Expedition Force, and we may go out there and uh, see what's going on with the Pope Lick Monster. See for ourselves, real or not. And uh, there's been some developments with uh, my buddy who is known as Citizen X with the chemtrail guy. 
Uh, I don't have time to go into that right now. Hopefully on the next show I'll have some some time enough to go into uh, what's going on with Mr. Citizen X there. He gets in touch with me every once in a while about the uh, chemtrail business. So uh, hopefully on the next show I'll be able to fill you in on what's going on with there. Speaking of the next show, it's going to be hopefully, if everything goes well, I'm going to have it uh, up for air this Friday, September the 4th, 2015. Um going to be finishing up the um, Southern Cryptid series with the Ozark Howler. And then uh, in, the, not the week after that, but in two weeks after, I'll actually be able to do the September show and I'll get caught up on everything and by October we'll be back on schedule because I owe you guys a couple of shows. So next show, hopefully if things go well, is going to be on Friday, September the 4th, 2015. The topic's going to be the Ozark Howler, the third and final of the Summer Cryptid, of the Southern Cryptid series on my summer series here. So turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope that this radio show opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope that you have a wonderful evening, and I will see you guys again on Friday. Good night, everybody. Lay your hands on me. Lay your hands on me.